0: Chapter 10, Part 3 of More Love to Thee The Life and Letters of Elizabeth Prentice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. More Love to Thee The Life and Letters of Elizabeth Prentice by George Prentice. Chapter 10, Part 3 Lines on going to Dorset. A cloud over her. Faber's life. Loving friends for one's own sake and loving them for Christ's sake. The Bible and the Christian life. Dorset society and occupations. counsels to a young friend in trouble. Don't stop praying for your life. Cure for the heart sickness caused by a sight of human imperfections. Fenelon's teaching about humiliation and being patient with ourselves. The following lines, found among her papers after her death, show in what spirit she went to Dorset. Once more I change my home, once more begin life in this rural stillness and repose. But I have brought with me my heart of sin, and sin nor quiet nor cessation knows. Ah, when I make the final blessed change, I shall leave that behind, shall throw aside earth's soiled and soiling garments, and shall range through purer regions like a youthful bride. Thrice welcome be that day. Do thou, meanwhile, my soul, sit ready, unencumbered wait. The master bides thy coming, and his smile shall bid thee welcome at the golden gate. Dorset, June 15, 1870 to mrs Condict, dorset june the eighteenth eighteen seventy i would love to have you here with me in this dear little den of mine and see the mountains from my window my husband has gone back to town and my only society is that of the children so you would be most welcome if you should come in either smiling or sighing i have had a cloud over me of late do you know about Mr. Prentice's appointment by General Assembly to a professorship at Chicago? His going would involve not only our tearing ourselves out of the heart of our beloved church, but of my losing you and Miss Kay, and of our all losing this dear little home. Of course, he does not want to go, and I am shocked at the thought of his leaving the ministry. But, on the other hand... There is a right and a wrong to the question, and we ought to want to do whatever God chooses. The thought of giving up this home makes me know better how to sympathize with you if you have to part with yours. I do think it is good for us to be emptied from vessel to vessel, and there is something awful in the thought of having our own way with leanness in the soul. I am greatly pained in reading Faber's Life and Letters, at the shocking way in which he speaks of Mary, calling her his mama, and praying to her and to Joseph, and nobody knows who not. It seems almost incredible that this is the man who wrote those beautiful, strengthening hymns. It sets one to praying, Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe. I should have forgotten the lines of mine you quote if you had not copied them. God give to you and to me "'a thousandfold more of the spirit they breathe, "'and make us wholly, wholly his own. "'My repugnance to go to Chicago "'makes me feel that perhaps that is just the wrench I need. "'Well, good-bye. "'At the longest we have not long to stay "'in this sphere of discipline and correction.' "'To Mr. G. S. P. Dorset, July thirteenth, 1870.' "'I had just come home from a delicious little tramp through our own woods "'when your letter came, and now, if you knew what was good for you, "'you would drop in and take tea and spend the evening with us. "'I should like you to see our house and our mountains "'and our cup that runs over till we are ashamed. "'Had I not known you wouldn't come, I should have given you a chance, "'especially as my husband was gone and I was rather lonely.' though to be sure he always writes me every day on the way up here i was glad of time to think out certain things i had been waiting for leisure to attend to one had some connection with you as well as one or two other friends i had long felt that there was a real though subtle difference between human and shall i say divine affection but did not see just what it was turning it over in my mind that day, it suddenly came to me as this. Human friendship may be entirely selfish, giving only to receive in return, or may be partially so, yet still selfish. But the love that grows out of the love of Christ, and that delights in his image wherever it is seen, claims no response. Loves because it is its very nature to do so, because it cannot help it and this without regard to what its object gives. I dare not pretend that I have fully reached this state, but I have entered this land, and know that it is one to be desired as a home, an abiding place. I have thought painfully of the narrow quarters and the hot nights endured by so many in New York during this unusually warm weather, especially of Mrs. G. with three restless children in bed with her. "'and her poor, lonely heart. "'I cannot but believe that Christ has real purposes of mercy to her soul. "'I feel interested in Mr. H.'s summer work in a hard field. "'In place of aversion to young men, "'I am beginning to realize how true work for Christ "'one may do by praying persistently for them, "'especially those consecrated to the ministry of his gospel. "'I do hope Christ will have the whole of you.' and that you will have the whole of him when you write let me know how you like my beloved fenelon still you may not like him some christians never get to feeding on these mystical writers and get on without them to mrs Condict, dorset july the eighteenth eighteen seventy i was greatly struck with these words yesterday as for god his way is perfect Think of reading the Bible through four times in one year and nobody knows how many times since and never resting on these words. Somehow they charmed me and these words have been ringing in my ears. Earth looks so little and so low, while conscious that when I can get ferns and flowers, it does not look so little or so low as it does when I can't. My cook, who is a Romanist, has been prevented from going to her own church seven miles off by the weather ever since we came here, and last Sunday said she meant to go to ours. Mr. P preached on God's character as our physician, and she was delighted. I think it was hearing one of his little letters to the children that made her realize that he was a Christian man whom she might safely hear. At any rate, I feel greatly pleased and comforted "'that she could appreciate such a subject. "'I fear you are suffering from the weather. "'We never knew anything like it here. "'We do not suffer, but wake up every morning "'bathed in a breeze that refreshes for the day. "'I mean we do not suffer while we keep still. "'I am astonished at God's goodness in giving us this place, "'not his goodness itself, but towards us.' If Mrs. Brimsmaid left much of such material as the extract you sent me, I wonder Dr. B. did not write her memoir. The more I read of what Christ said about faith, the more impressed I am. Just now I am on the last chapters in the Gospel of John and feel as if I had never read them before. They are just wonderful. We have to read the Bible to understand the Christian life, and we must penetrate far into that life, in order to understand the Bible, how beautifully the one interprets the other, I want you to let me know without telling her that I asked you if Miss K could make me a visit if it were not for the expense to miss e. a Warner, Dorset, July the twentieth eighteen seventeen, did you ever use a fountain pen? I have had one given me, and like it so much that I sent for one for my husband. "'and one for Mr Pratt. "'When one wants to write in one's lap "'or out of doors, it is delightful. "'Mrs Field came over from East Dorset on Sunday "'to have her baby baptised. "'They had him there in the church "'through the whole morning service, "'and he was as quiet as any of us. "'The next day Mrs F came down "'and spent the morning with me. "'Sweeter, more thoughtful than ever, "'if changed at all.' Dr. and Mrs. Humphrey, of Philadelphia, are passing the summer here at the tavern, and we spend most of our evenings there, Will they come here. Mrs. H. is a very superior woman, and though I was determined not to like her, because I have so many people on hand already, I found I could not help it. She is as furious about mosses and lichens and all such things as I am, and the other day took home a bushel basket of them. She is an earnest Christian and has passed through deep waters. I ought to have reversed the order of those clauses. Excuse this rather hasty letter. I feared you might fancy your book lost. If you are alive, let me know it. Also if you are dead. To a young friend. Dorset, August the 8th, 1870. I dare not answer your letter just received in my own strength but must pray over it long. It is a great thing to learn how far our doubts and despondencies are the direct result of physical causes. And another great thing is, when we cannot trace any such connection, to bear patiently and quietly what God permits, if he does not authorize. I have no more doubt that you love him and that he loves you than that I love him and that he loves me. You have been daily in my prayers. Temptations and conflict are inseparable from the Christian life. No strange thing has happened to you. Let me comfort you with the assurance that you will be taught more and more by God's Spirit how to resist, and that true strength and holy manhood will spring up from this painful soil. Try to take heart. There is more than one footprint on the sands of time to prove that, some forlorn and shipwrecked brother has traversed them before you and come off conqueror through the Beloved. Don't stop praying for your life. Be as cold and emotionless as you please. God will accept your naked faith when it has no glow or warmth in it, and in his own time, the loving, glad heart will come back to you. I deeply feel for and with you and have no doubt that a week among these mountains would do more towards uniting you to Christ than a mile of letters would. You can't complain of any folly to which I could not plead guilty. I have put my Saviour's patience to every possible test, and how I love him when I think what he will put up with. You ask if I ever feel that religion is a sham? No, never. I know it is a reality if you ask if i am ever staggered by the inconsistencies of professing christians i say yes i am often made heartsick by them but heartsickness always makes me run to christ and one good look at him pacifies me this is in fact my panacea for every ill and as to my own sinfulness that would certainly overwhelm me if i spent much time in looking at it but it is a monster whose face I do not love to see. I turn from its hideousness to the beauty of his face, who sins not, and the sight of yon lovely man ravishes me. But at your age, I did this only by fits and starts, and suffered as you do. So I know how to feel for you, and what to ask for you. God purposely sickens us of man, and of self, that we may learn to look long at jesus and this brings me to what you say about fenelon's going too far when he says we may judge of the depth of our humility by our delight in humiliation etc no he does not go a bit too far paul says i will glory in my infirmities i take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in necessities in persecution in distresses for christ's sake for when I am weak, then am I strong. I think this is a great attainment, but that his disciples may reach it, though only through a humbling, painful process. Then, as to God's glory, we say man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, can we enjoy him till we do glorify him? Can we enjoy him while living for ourselves, while indulging in sin, while prayerless and cold and dead? Does not God directly seek our highest happiness when he strips us of vain glory and self-love, embitters the poisonous draught of mere human felicity, and makes us fall down before him, lost in the sense of his beauty and desirableness? The connection between glorifying and enjoying him is, to my mind, perfect. One following as the necessary sequence of the other. And facts bear me out in this. He who has let self go and lives only for the honour of God is the free, the happy man. He is no longer a slave, but has the liberty of the sons of God, for he who honours me, I will honour. Satan has befogged you on this point. He dreads to see you ripen into a saintly, devoted, useful man. He hopes to overwhelm and ruin you, but he will not prevail. You have solemnly given yourself to the Lord. You have chosen the work of winning and feeding souls as your life work, and you cannot, must not go back. These conflicts are the lot of those who are training to be the Lord's true yoke fellows. Christ's sweetest consolations lie behind crosses, and he reserves his best things for those who have the courage to press forward, fighting for them i entreat you to turn your eyes away from self from man and look to christ let me assure you as a fellow-traveller that i have been on the road and know it well and that by and by there won't be such a dust on it you will meet with hindrances and trials but will fight quietly through and no human ear hear the din of battle no human eye perceive fainting or halting or fall May God bless you and become to you an ever-present joyful reality. Indeed, he will. Only wait patiently. In glancing over this, I see that I have here and there repeated myself. Do excuse it. I believe it is owing to the way the flies harass and distract me. August seventeenth. I feel truly grateful to God if I have been of any comfort to you. I know only too well the shock of seeing professors of even sinless perfection, guilty of what I consider sinful sin, and my whole soul was so staggered that for some days I could not pray, but could only say, O God, if there be any God, come to my rescue. But God loves better than he knows us, and foresaw every infidelity before he called us to himself nothing in us takes him therefore by surprise fenelon teaches what no other writer does to be patient with ourselves and i think as you penetrate into the christian life you will agree with him on every point as i do august nineteenth i have had a couple of rather sickish days since writing the above but am all right again now Hot weather does not agree with me I used to reproach myself for religious stupidity when not well, but see now that God is my kind father, not my hard taskmaster, expecting me to be full of life and zeal when physically exhausted. It takes long to learn such lessons. One has to penetrate deeply into the heart of Christ to begin to know its tenderness and sympathy and forbearance. "'You cannot imagine how Miss K has luxuriated in her visit, "'nor how good she thinks we all are. "'She holds views to which I cannot quite respond, "'but I do not condemn or reject them. "'She is a modest, praying, devoted woman, "'not disposed to obtrude, much less to urge her opinions, "'full of Christian charity and forbearance, "'and I am truly thankful that she prays for me and mine. "'In fact, she loves to pray so.' that when she gets hold of a new case, she acts as one does who has found a treasure. I wish you were looking out with me on the beautiful array of mountains to be seen from every window of our house, and breathing this delicious air. September the 25th. We expect now to go home on Friday next, though if I had known how early the foliage was going to turn this year, I should have planned to stay a week longer to see it in all its glory it is looking very beautiful even now and our eyes have a perpetual feast we have had a charming summer but one does not want to play all the time and i hope god has work of some sort for me to do at home during the winter meanwhile i wish i could send you a photograph of the little den where i am now writing and the rustic adornings which make it sui generis and the bit of woods to be seen from its windows that taking the lead of all other dorset woods have put on floral colours just because they are ours and know we want them looking their best before we go away but this wish must yield to fate like many another and as i have come to the end of my paper i will love and leave you end of chapter ten part three